Well, hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to the Dr. Joe Galati podcast, broadcasting high above the Texas Medical Center in Houston, purveyor of all things related to the liver, health and wellness, nutrition, food and cooking, and all around doctor banter and witty repartee with our experts that visit us. Our website is drjoegalati.com. If you'd like to send me a note, subscribe to our newsletter, or even see me as a patient. If you want to call and be part of the program, dial us at 888-438-9431. And now, on with the podcast. All right, everybody, thank you very much for tuning in on this wonderful Sunday evening. I'm Dr. Joe Galati. Don't forget our website, drjoegalati.com. Most importantly, sign up for our newsletter. Follow along everything we do. All of our social media is posted there, but you have to go to the website, drjoegalati.com. Now, to follow up on the conversation we just had with Anthony Santos talking about fatty liver, and all of the challenges we feel. It is a real treat. Dr. Brianna Costello from Texas Heart Institute. We've had Dr. Rogers on from the Texas Heart Institute a few times in the last several months. But Dr. Costello has, I and I may be speaking for you, has taken interest in this whole fatty liver disease uh, condition that we're seeing. But as a cardiologist, first of all, Dr. Costello, welcome to the program tonight. And I appreciate you taking a little bit of time on a, on a Sunday evening to come on and share with us. Oh, yes, Joe. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be able to uh, be this is my premiere <laughs> um, episode joining you tonight. Um, you know, I am so happy that you uh, invited me to talk about kind of the metabolic syndrome and kind right. of fatty liver link that we so often, I think, as cardiologists, we uh, overlook because we're so busy looking at blood pressure or your cholesterol numbers or, you know, your medication refills, which sounds silly. But as a whole picture and a whole patient, I find it very important during my visits. And I'm lucky that we, we end up actually spending a little more time than maybe some patients with their cardiologists. But talking about just this, the metabolic changes that patients have as they age, which greatly affect their cardiovascular outcome. You know, and you know I, yeah, and, and, and I think for everybody tuning in tonight, that the key things are, it is obesity, especially that belly fat, that truncal obesity, as we like to call it. It is being pre-diabetic or actually having type 2 diabetes. The high blood pressure you mentioned, and then the elevated cholesterol or triglycerides, these blood fats. From a cardiologist's standpoint, how significant is it if a patient has all of these different components? Oh, you know, Joe, it's huge. And there was a study back, it's a little bit dated now, back I think in 2005 in circulation, which is, you know, our big journal, much like you guys have your big journals, this is our big one. And if you have two of those, you know, maybe five risk factors or, you know, uh, the lipids or the central obesity or the blood pressure, two out of three of those, one 
portended poor outcomes in regards to heart disease, including heart attacks or vascular disease. And, I mean, pretend you're increased risk of diabetes, which as cardiologists, it's crazy how much more we are paying attention to diabetes because a lot of our heart medications are actually diabetes medications. Right. Which just shows you how intimately related those two diseases are. So we're very interested. We are very excited that we're kind of targeting um, the metabolic components of heart disease. And we need to, I think, um, all get a little more comfortable in using these diabetic medications for our cardiovascular patients, our heart patients. So yes, Joe, it's huge in the uh, cardiovascular world. Now, the one thing that I have uh, been noted to say is that many times patients will come to see me and I will say, look, according to your records, your blood pressure has been abnormal every recording that I have in your old records and your blood sugar has been elevated on all of your old lab work. And they look at me and they say, well, Dr. Galati, I was told I have a touch of high blood pressure, a touch oh, yeah. of diabetes. Oh, yeah, <laughs> and and uh, respectfully, I don't laugh at them. I don't know if I should cry. But I know. from your standpoint, the negative impact of having a certain sense that, yeah, my blood pressure is up, but it's just a touch. The doctor hasn't put me on medicine. So thus... It really can't be that bad. That bad. As as a cardiologist, either your head is spinning. I know you're not giving up, but it is frustrating. Tell me. It is. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, I generally, just a disclaimer, my patients all get a hemoglobin A1C. Because for me, when I'm meeting them, my whole goal is what is your risk? Because a lot of patients come in for primary prevention, meaning they want to be heart healthy and they're trying to figure out what what can I fix? Well, for me, a huge part of that touch of high blood pressure is I don't call it a touch of high blood pressure. And, and patients are confused. Yes. Because for many years, the blood pressure, quote unquote, cutoff was 140 over 80. And guess what? We know that's just not true. That's too high. There's multiple studies over and over that tell us that 120 over 80 or, or lower is normal. So I tell patients, oh, do you feel like you should be a normal person? And the answer is yes. Well, then your blood pressure is too high. And the beautiful thing about cardiology for blood pressure is we can fix it. And I tell patients, it's not only meds. Of course, it's losing the extra fat in their stomach. It's getting more active, but it's fixable. And medications, of course, yes, um, play a, a part in most of those patients' management long term. But, you know, the blood pressure is fixable. Yeah. And the A1C that I checked, Joe, I cannot tell you guys and the listeners, you know, an A1C, it changes your game. If you are identified as pre-diabetes or you're in the range of pre-diabetes, many patients, I'd say, you know, maybe 50% of the patients that I get an A1C that's elevated on, meaning pre-diabetes, they have no clue. And perhaps their primary doc or perhaps one of their providers in the past has mentioned it, but they don't understand what it means. Right. So for, for us, you know, in the, in the fatty liver disease and the pre-cardiology uh, office, you know, it's important to address this with them and just say, just because it doesn't mean you're diabetes, you have diabetes now, it means you're on that road. And many and most of those patients have some of those metabolic syn- uh, syndrome character characteristics to go with that elevated A1C. Yeah. So 
it's, it's a multidisciplinary um, approach to cardiovascular disease and liver disease, but it, it has to be done. Now, you know, so so much, and I, uh, in, in all the years that I've been doing this, I, I still do my best to be a student of understanding my patients and their families. And there is a prevailing sense that if I do not have pain, if there is not something I could see or feel, it's probably not that bad. And of course, uh, while, I, while I hate to, well, it is true, this idea that high blood pressure is the silent killer. Do you feel that we have patients that operate on, if I don't feel a problem, then it isn't a problem? But that is, that oh, is yeah. a, grave, a grave misunderstanding. It is, and, and I, it's unfortunate that um, some patients or people or, you know, they grew up with that thought like, well, I don't, I haven't, I've never needed a doctor, so I'm healthy. Well, the, the unfortunate reality is by the time you're 75, especially as a female, but by the time you're age 75, you have a 75% chance of having hypertension or high blood pressure. Right. So I don't care how you feel, the numbers are not in your favor. And unfortunately, our diets and our lifestyles have kind of evolved to, you know, making it much easier for us to tip over from normal blood pressure to high blood pressure from normal sugar and normal insulin, uh, you know, uh, activity to insulin resistance. So um, just because a patient feels healthy, that is a huge uh, mis, uh, like you said, it's a huge, mis- huge misconception, especially with blood pressure, because yeah. you don't feel blood pressure. And that's why it's called the silent killer. You know, you don't feel it until it's really a problem. Yeah. Now, I, I uh, am a big proponent of eating at home simple meals rather than eating out. And and from your perspective in cardiology, and I know Texas Heart is doing a lot to educate the public and uh, talking about food and, and, and the need for understanding nutrition. Where do you think your patients are coming from with regard to take, it, take out food, processed foods, and them understanding the negative impact? Because it's all about the negative impact and and the patient realizing it. We realize right. it. We see it. We have perfect twenty twenty vision, but our poor patients are almost blind to the damage that they're incurring. What's your sense? You know, I when I talk about diet with patients, I try not to say diet, right? Because no one wants to hear the word diet. Right. Because the vast majority of patients do, and when I ask, what is your goal weight? I never say, you know, you know you need to lose 20 pounds. I say, what is your goal weight? You know, everyone has a goal. And I, and I ask them, how are you going to get there? What are you doing on a day-to-day basis? Are you having a frappuccino every morning? Right. Are you eating lunch at the restaurant next door because you don't have time to pack in the morning? Right. What is it that is, is stopping you from living in a way which you're eating fresh veg- vegetables, fresh fruit? or whatever, even vegetables that are from your freezer. Why are you eating the other stuff that we know is not helping your health and your long-term right. goals? And so it's a real conversation. And, and a lot of patients on it, they say, I know. I know what my problems are, but it's just hard for me to actually change them. So a lot of it is talking about what you can do instead of what you're doing. Um, so that's kind of how the patients come to me and say, you know, I, I know it's a problem. I'm, I haven't decided what I'm going to do to fix it. So we try to do it together. Right. Now, do you find that after a patient has some sort of complication, they have a heart attack, they, they require 
a stent or open heart surgery, do you find that they get a little bit more with the program after a complication? You know, you know Joe, that is such a, at the beginning, I would say it's a, the short answer is every, everyone's a little different. Most patients are shocked by their heart attack or shocked that they got to where they are in the cath lab getting a stent or in the OR getting surgery. And most of them right after the event, yes, they're motivated because it's, it's really traumatizing to right. have a heart attack or traumatizing to have, you know, bypass surgery. So, yeah, I think at the beginning, many of them are motivated. I think a lot of patients, if you don't stay on them, will, quote unquote, fall off the wagon. Right. 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 Because you haven't changed their home or their people that they're surrounding themselves by or the culture they grew up in and the food right. they eat. So over time, that becomes a little bit challenging for some. But I think it's all about making a change of the lifestyle instead right. of just the, you know, one thing, the smoking or whatever, which is huge. Right. But, you know, it's a lifestyle change for most patients. Absolutely. So in the last minute or so here, and, and for those just tuning in, Pity on you for not hearing the entire interview. Brianna Costello with <laughs> Texas Heart Institute. And by the way, go to her website, texasheartmedical.org, to find out more about her and her colleagues. Um, if there was one thing, and I know you have at least a dozen things you want to say, but the one intervention, the one change, the one attitude that you could leave our listeners with tonight that's actionable what would you say that would be? Oh, Joe, you're making this hard. One I, thing, I huh? love to make it oh. hard, but you're that good. <laughs> On, okay, if from a cardiology perspective, a heart doctor perspective, knowing your numbers. So that's, I'm cheating you a little, Joe, because that's a few things in one. Know your blood pressure. Right. Some people have never checked it, but know your numbers of your cholesterol. You know your BMI. How much do you need to, what is your weight and how much should you weigh? So know your numbers. That is huge. And the American Heart Association is all about that. And I agree. You can't fix it if you don't know it's a problem. No. And I think, I think, and, and we tell that to our liver patients to know your liver chemistry number, because if it's yeah. abnormal, it's time to come in, get put up on the rack and take the tires off and figure out what's Absolutely. going on. So, all right, Dr. Costello with Texas Heart Institute, thank you so much. And I guarantee we're going to get you on again and continue this conversation. I look forward to it, Joe. It's such a pleasure. And I hope you all have a good night. All right, the final segment to this. Thanks for listening today to our podcast. Don't forget, for more information, check out drjoegalati.com. Information about my book, Eating Yourself Sick, is available there, as well as our clinical practice, radio program, and social media links. We need you to be part of our tribe and community. Until we meet again, I'm Dr. Joe Galati. Ciao.